It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. How is it Thursday already? I mean, I don't even know. I missed one day, Monday, we all did, and now it's Thursday and tomorrow's Friday. Uh, and tonight I'm going to the 150th anniversary of the Brooklyn Bar Association, of which I am a very proud past president, uh, as is my partner, uh, retired Judge Barry Cammons. Um, but let's talk about, you know, uh, uh, my friend, Mr. Uh, Matt, likes to introduce me as a uh, telling tales from inside the courtroom. So today, inside the courtroom, I appeared on a case of a man who has been released from prison after 24 years uh, on a homicide because after years of litigation, it was determined that the district attorney's office back in 1997 did not turn over uh paperwork that they're obligated to turn over. Uh, in this particular case, it had to do with um, benefits that the witnesses against him received. And those benefits were hotel rooms and meals, but not like just one or two, like thousands and thousands of dollars of worth of hotel rooms and meals and other various, they called them chits. Uh, that that the DA's office paid for, which there's nothing uh, wrong in and of itself with doing that. There is something wrong with not uh, telling the defense about it because the defense is allowed to prosecute, um, excuse me, allowed to cross-examine the prosecution witness on everything that's relevant. And it is relevant that, hey, Mr. Witness, uh, you were living on the street, correct? Correct. And it was wintertime, correct? Correct. And you were freezing, correct? Correct. And you needed somewhere to live, right? Right. And Detective so-and-so spoke to you and asked you if you saw anything happen that day. Correct, correct. And he also told you if you saw something that happened that day, and you could be a witness in this case, that the DA's office would put you in a hotel room and pay for your, your meals and pay for your hotel stay uh, if you uh, told us who shot Cock Robin. Uh, correct, correct. Uh, and, in fact, you did get paid money, didn't you? Yes, I did. And you did say at the Hotel Gregory, didn't you? Yes, I did. And you did get three meals a day. Yes, I did. Now, that's that, that necessarily is not a game changer, but it's definitely a factor that jurors are allowed to take into consideration when they are determining someone's credibility. <clears throat> Does this person have a motivation to lie? Under the circumstances I just laid out in our hypothetical scenario, someone has a tremendous motivation to lie. If you're outside and you're on the street and you're freezing and someone is promising you housing until uh, from the date of arrest until a trial is over, which could easily be a year, well, yeah, that is something that a juror should take into consideration when they are determining someone's credibility. So in this particular case, that was not that information was not turned over. And a judge said, well, that's not good. Let him out of jail. And we are going to do a redo. Now, in this particular case, this individual has been in jail 
for two decades and four years. Uh, I have signed on to this case at this point as a pro bono uh, co-counsel to just see if I can help justice being done uh, and and make sure there's no retrial and hopefully get all the charges uh, dropped against him because it seems that he has certainly done enough time uh, to satisfy even if he has done a crime, and I'm not saying he has, but even if he has done the crime, uh, he would have been uh, uh, parole eligible now anyway. So like, I, so that was the case I handled in, in the courthouse in Brooklyn today. And then as I oft do, I pop in and I say hello to different judges and clerks and court officers uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I enjoy it and I enjoy those people and I uh, appreciate what they do. Uh, they all serve a, a specific and special function in the courthouse. And a lot of times I go in and say hello to a couple of the judges I know just to, you know, we didn't do that for a while during the whole uh, COVID pandemic. So it's nice to be able to socialize a little bit. And then I get in my car and I'm heading to the office here in Manhattan today. Yesterday I was in the Brooklyn office. Uh, and um, as I get in my car and I'm <laughs> just about to get onto the approach of the Brooklyn Bridge, I get one text message from my partner, Judge Cummins, and all it says is, Weinstein affirmed. So that meant the interpretation is that uh, the trial of Harvey Weinstein, of which we were, myself and Judge Cummins and Diana Fabi, were part of the uh, the legal team that was led by Donna Rotuno and Damon Sharonis from Chicago. Um, so that means that the oral argument that Judge Cummins did so eloquently on December the 14th of 2021, the decision is in, and those five judges said, even though there were some mistakes that were made, they didn't go, They, we think that they were, they were okay mistakes that the judge made. Again, it doesn't have to go to the guilt or innocence of Harvey Weinstein. It has to deal with uh, whether the judge gave a defendant a fair trial based on the law. <clears throat> and... Uh, even though the judges seem to have some issues with some of the things that the trial judge did, uh, overall they said it doesn't rise to the level to reverse his uh, conviction. And um, that was somewhat surprising based on the oral arguments. You know, you may be saying, oh, come on, he's Harvey Weinstein, he was so guilty. Again, this doesn't have to do with his, whether he's guilty or not guilty or innocent, uh, whether he did it or he didn't do it. This has to do with whether or not the judge, it's really, and in the appellate court, it's almost like the judge is on trial. Did the judge do a good job conducting the trial? Uh, anyone who has spoken to me just a little bit knows that I do not think the judge did a good job. I think he's, he looked at what happened to Judge Ito in the O.J. Simpson case and said, I'm going to do just the opposite. <clears throat> I'm not going to give the defense any leeway. And I'll rule everything in the in the prosecution's favor. I'll make sure Harvey Weinstein gets uh, gets convicted, and then you know we'll see what happens after that. And to his credit, his strategy basically at this point anyway has worked. Um, and I will tell you, it's the same feeling that I got as Judge. Cam so I called Judge Cammons immediately. He said it's a forty-page decision. Typically, these decisions are. Literally as short as a paragraph, um, more or less they're like four or five, six pages, 10 pages, 12 is a lot, 15 is really a lot. This is a 40-page decision, 40, four, zero. Not 14, you didn't hear me wrong, 40. 
which is very, very uh, unusual. Um, but if you, anyone who watched the oral argument and saw how badly they were beating up on the prosecutor saying that the judge did not do a good job would realize that they had to now write something uh, so intense to cover their own tracks because they seemed to be very disturbed by what took place um, at the trial as we were. Uh, And so I spoke to Judge Cammons briefly. He said he had not read the 40 pages yet. He had just gotten the decision. Uh, I then hung up with him and I was on the Brooklyn Bridge between the two brick pillars um, by myself. And I will share this with all of you. I did uh, let out a very loud two word curse word, like a bad one. That made me feel a little bit better. Um, Only because, look, people may say, look, Harvey Weinstein is where he's supposed to be. And I'm not saying that, but others say that. Um, Even if you believe that, if you're a real American who believes in our system, you want to make sure that if someone is where they're supposed to be, they got there the American way. They got there the right way. They got there by following the laws, by following the rules of evidence, not because someone was run roughshod over. But, um, you know, everyone else is saying, look, with with the name of the defendant, you guys, you you were never going to climb over Mount Everest, whether it was with a jury or uh, with these five judges. So that is a tale uh, from the courtroom into uh, the radio microphone. Uh, To say uh, I was disappointed would be an understatement. Um, I was disappointed because this is one of the times where I would say the system failed. Um, If you read, and and you can read it, it's part of their public documents. If you read our uh, papers and you read the government's papers, or if you go online to the Appellate Division First Department website and go to December 14th, 2021 and watch the oral arguments, I think anyone who cares enough to do that would say, how the heck did they rule against you? But they did. Uh, and what do you do? You got to brush yourself off. What did um, Tracy Morgan say the other day at, at the, the Friars Roast? If you get knocked down seven times, you got to get up eight. Um, so we're dusting ourselves off. We are preparing to file a letter to the Court of Appeals asking them to take a look. It's not automatic that they have to take a look. But we're going to ask them to take a look. And we're going to switch gears after this break, and we're going to take a look at all of this gerrymandering in these congressional seats in the state of New York with the great Hank Schenkoff. Don't go anywhere. Arthur Idala here, attorney at law, and I can tell you that planning for the future is important. Protecting you and your family is essential. If you're not around to make decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. A will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will, your overall estate plan. Attend a Connors & Sullivan free seminar, and you will have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. Monday, June 27th at 
Buckley's Inn Marine Park at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Tuesday, June 28th at Conley's Corner in Maspeth at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Wednesday, June 29th at the Greenhouse Cafe in Bay Ridge at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And Thursday, June 30th at the Adria Hotel in Bayside at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. If you can't make any of these free seminars, call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. And remember, folks, as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Okay, ladies, we all know one of the greatest feelings in the world when you get together with a friend and she says, Girl, those pants look amazing on you. But even though I'm happy dancing inside, I just play it cool and say, thanks, they're Skechers Go Walk Wear Pants. And why do I always get compliments on these casual, athletic, stretchy pants? Because whether I'm hanging with friends or working out, nothing beats the fit, comfort, and versatility of Skechers Go Walk Wear. They're made with comfortable GoFlex fabric that has compression and hold, including a double compression waistband. What's that mean? It gives me curves in all the right places and minimizes the spots where I want a little help. And the versatility is incredible. Go Walk Wear pants have four pockets, two back and two side. Plus, they're machine washable and come in extended sizes, so everyone can look great in these pants. Easy care, easy wear, and made to fit every body. That's the Skechers Go Walk Wear line of pants. Find yours at Skechers.com, a Skechers store, and find retailers everywhere. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Bob Marley on a Thursday evening. Gotta love it, San Bellino. I'm trying to stand up for people's rights here. So, as we're standing up for people's rights, people who are also standing up for people's rights are supposed to be our elected officials. Uh, You know, there was a time where I was very, very interested in the world of politics. I ran for New York City Council in 1997, uh, but based on the antics of two individuals, one who goes by the name of Mr. Bitter, the other will go unnamed. Uh, I lost by 108 votes which uh, turned out to maybe be a blessing in disguise, at least according to many around me it was. Uh, but nowadays, it's it's gotten just too nasty, too ugly. Uh, it's it's so hard to accomplish anything uh, of, of substance unless you're really one of the, the top executives like the governor or, or the mayor. Uh, there's been all of this 
stuff in the news about gerrymandering. And, and I heard yesterday, uh, I believe on, on Katz's show, that um, Max Rose now may not be running for Congress against Nicole Maliotakis because now they've redrawn the districts. Uh, it, and now there's other people jumping into the race against with Nadler and Carolyn Maloney. Uh, I believe a uh, guy, Dan, I, I'm going to, I'm our next guest will know. So let me just go to him. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Hank Shankoff. Hello, Hank. How are you, sir? What's up? Every day is a beautiful day. What can Every I say? day. Uh, better be six foot up than six foot down. I'm with you, my friend. Yeah. Um, didn't in. someone just throw their hat in the ring for the Nadler Maloney seat? Another person? Yeah, there's a, um, I don't even know. I'm not counting anymore. So they just keep showing up. But you have Mondaire Jones, who used to represent the Westchester, Westchester and I think uh, Rockland, jumping into um, into Lower Manhattan to run in that seat. I mean, it's it's confusing about who all the candidates are. We won't know until they file petitions, which I think is coming up next week or so. So what's going on? Is the is, are these seats, the assembly seats, the Senate seats of New York State, the congressional seats in New York? Are they all locked in? Are there any more appeals? Is there anything else going on? Are we done? No, I think they're pretty much done. You know, they, look, a genius. Uh, I'm no genius, but I know I knew before this all started that ultimately this would wind up in the courts. Why? Because it always does. You can go back to, you know, you want to go back to even the city council reapportionment. Go back 40 years to 1981. Uh, tossed out. Thurgood Marshall tossed it out um, and said, OK, do it again. They did it three weeks later. This one's pretty particularly disgusting because... All the great progressives and all the great liberals and all the people there, they said, okay, let's screw the Republicans and make sure they can't win a thing, and we'll just then run the state and we'll do whatever the hell we want. And the, the court said, well, you can't really do that. And what they did in New York State was really no, not much different than what Republicans are accused of doing and have done, frankly, um, in states throughout the country of fixing the, out, fixing the potential outcomes by making it easier for certain people to win. And less easy for other people to win. Uh, the classic was uh, what they did to Nicole Maliotakis in the first round, which was to make it impossible for her to win. And they minimized the value of Staten Island in that, uh, in that reapportionment, the first, first round of those lines. And what, Jerry, what they did for Jerry Nadler, which is they created the squiggly line district that only the most corrupt politicians in Massachusetts, when the name Jerry Mander was created, um, would have felt proud of. Pretty interesting. Well, and uh, this this whole <clears throat> excuse me the whole thing now with the way they've been re redrawn, it has really uh, put Max Rose, who was the congressman who Mali attack is unseated. Uh, I, you know, the, I'm hearing rumors because it's my neighborhood where I live that he's now saying he's going to withdraw his candidacy uh, uh, as a candidate uh, as for, for Congress because. Without those sections of Sunset Park and Park Slope, which was the original redrawn district, that's now been drawn out, and that's created this new district for of Manhattan, and that's that section where now De Blasio is running in. Uh, I mean, it's really uh, a, a nice Italian word is like a mashagash. I mean, it's a mess. Uh, what do you well, see it, happening? It, it with, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Forgive me for interrupting. It is, it is a mashagash, and. Uh, and it is a disgrace. But what's extraordinary to me is you put this together with guns, um, the failure to come up with a, uh, I mean, the failure to really put more cops on the street and get take care of the problem the way it needs to be. 
um, and this diddling around with, with these other issues that really matter to people. You throw this on top of it, you're going to see an explosion, my bet, in the fall in New York State, which will rival previous explosions. Um, why? Despite the demographic shifts, I think the state Senate is going to go 10 more to the, to the Republicans. And that's not enough to, to flip it, but it certainly makes a dent. And I think you're going to see um, a convulsion in the assembly of some kind. Um, and the truth is, we might we need it because there's just, you know, we just need we need something to shake this all up. We just do. I know there's a poll that came out regarding Mayor de Blasio in his uh, new district, and it didn't he didn't fare too well in that that poll. Well, he got he got but the others on top of him didn't fare well either. Arthur, and that they were all in the single digits. Um, yeah, but I, but he's got name about, recognition through the roof compared to everyone else who's running against him. Well, you know what? The wonderful thing about Bill de Blasio is that people incessantly sought to under. Uh, they thought he was underwhelming and they would discount him. Now, the only time he's failed to meet expectations is in the presidential campaign, which was just stupid um, on his part. But the truth is that this kind of job is a perfect job for him. Congressman, all you got to do is run a constituent services operation, travel a lot, raise money, vote when the speaker tells you to, um, you know, talk all day long, you can blab away all day long, and talk about big policy positions. Uh, he's going to go to Washington, he's going to fight for. And the NRA's control over the gun issue, and he's going to fight to protect a woman's right to choose. He does that enough. And his style is doing these intimate kind of, he has this extraordinary ability to make you feel intimate with him. These intimate kind of meetings with people where they feel all, all, all loved up. You know, I wouldn't count him out. I just wouldn't count him out. No, no, I wouldn't I count, count him out either. But, but, but typically, you know, when you have the name recognition, typically in those initial polls, because you have the high name, rec- name recognition, you're, you're showing some good numbers. Like Andrew Giuliani, apparently, because I believe me, my inbox is being inundated with announcements that Andrew's doing very well in all the polls. But that's because he's r- really riding on his dad's uh, name recognition, at least in my opinion. And I like Andrew a lot. I'm not taking anything away from him. But people just recognize the Giuliani name. It's a Republican primary. Uh, you know, the Giuliani name, I would think, is somewhat popular in the Republican uh, circles. Uh, so I, the one poll that I got, I think it's the Zogby poll, is, you know, he's legitimately ahead of uh, Zeldin. Uh, so I would think the same would carry over to de Blasio. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Hank Shankoff. Well, look. Um, I would look at the McLaughlin, the McLaughlin poll on the, uh, if there is one on the Republican race that's been leaked. This Emerson, I think, would do some um, Marengoff's operation. Um, all of those people are probably better positioned and more, more likely to be more accurate than Zadji. No offense to Zadji. It's, it, it, it really is too early to determine what's going to happen there. there. Nobody knows that there's a Republican party, I mean, except me, and I bet the Republicans don't even know. And then there'll be the, the bright boys, ready the Republican Party boys. We're going to try to, instead of looking forward and coming up with new solutions to old problems and reframing the language, I'm going to say things like stop and frisk and, uh, and all kinds of other nonsense from years ago. And the voters will say, okay, that's nice. Um, I don't mind being a racist, but I want to get found out. You know, That's not how you <laughs> deal with these problems. The Republicans know to win have to look forward and not back, and they've got to take the old ideas, which are good, and reframe them. But they haven't figured out how to do that. So if they do it, I'm suggesting they're going to continue doing They're going to get killed in the fall as opposed to winning, which they have an opportunity to do right now. So what what would you tell whomever is the candidate, whether it's Zeldin, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, Giuliani, 
uh, th- I know the others who are running. If they're sitting down with Hank Shankoff, who's guided many a candidate to victory, what is your advice to a Republican who I don't believe has run one statewide since 20, 2002? What are you telling him in 2022, 20 years later? George Pataki was a brilliant politician and people undersell him. I would say to the Republicans, look, you're going to win the suburbs on crime. You're going to win. Uh, you're going to do exceptionally well north of the orange, uh, probably the Rockland County line uh, based upon crime and general chaos. Uh, she comes, the governor comes from Western New York. You're going to do well, but not as well as you thought you were going to do. So here's what you need to do to get the 20% in New York City. First, excuse me, first of all, you can't keep talking about stop and frisk and this other stuff that's old. That's not the answer. You have to come up with some new ideas about crime. You got to talk about federal task forces. You got to talk about funding a special prosecutor for firearms in New York City, making and making and working with the new the new uh, Congress to make sure it happens. You have to somehow do your best not to be uh, eaten up by your NRA connections in the case of Zeldin or others who've done well with the gun lobby. I would suspect you got to say, look, things have to change. Here's my plan for change. As long as they try to defend the past and try to reframe it in another way. So if somehow people believe it because they think that's what people want to hear. They're going to get killed. You know, join the focus groups and listen to non-Republicans would be an interesting experiment for the Republican candidates. There is a way to get down the middle. And that's 20 percent of New York City. If I, if, you know, there's, there's ways to do it. They're just not paying. They're not going to pay attention to it. They're going to run. They think they're going to be running in, uh, in the, who knows where, in the southern tier or someplace. And the people are just going to run because they're afraid of crime. It didn't work for Joe Loda. It didn't work because these spots were all about going backwards in time. They have to be much more forward if they're going to win. And I don't hear anything that's very forward now. Well, I guess uh, they are two younger candidates, especially Mr. Giuliani. Maybe their youth will uh, drive them in that direction. Hank Shankoff, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on. Your wisdom and knowledge is greatly appreciated. We'll catch you on the other side. Thanks, buddy. I'm very grateful to you. Take care of yourself. You're a good man. All right, folks, hang on. We'll be right back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight, it's the court case heard around the world and watched by millions and millions of people, but probably in the end, not really important to most of us. It's a deep dive on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard tonight on Legal Night with Imran Ansari, Kevin McCullough, only on Radio Night Live. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Americans deserve a real debate on violence and school safety in the wake of yet another school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Unfortunately, our leaders have fallen back onto their talking points and rank demagoguery, preferring to stoke fear rather than produce real solutions. The perpetrator in Uvalde had a long track record of actionable behavior before the shooting. He had posted videos threatening to rape and or kill others and had been, quote, especially violent towards women. Had he been prosecuted or committed for his prior behavior, a background check would have prevented him from purchasing the firearms he used to kill nearly two dozen people. Vigorous enforcement of existing laws and better tools to deal with mental illness are essential to community safety. Instead, Joe Biden offers hysterical nonsense about high-caliber 9mm firearms, which were not even used in this instance, and Congress debates gun bills that would have changed nothing in this or any other mass shooting. If we want change, we need leadership to change. I'm Ed Morrissey. 
Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org employment. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. 8-8. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So, on this Thursday rainy evening in New York City, we're in Midtown uh, and it's pouring. Uh, last night I was supposed to take Luca to the Yankee game and on our way there it was pouring and lightning, crazy lightning. So we got off and we had a great meal at the Strip House on 44th Street and 5th Avenue and we watched the Rangers. I mean, wow. (laughs) I hope they didn't use all of their energy and and expend all of their goals in one game because, uh, we could, uh, we could use some of those goals, uh, going forward, but it's exciting. And I will tell you. The Rangers have a, uh, a special effect on New York City. I mean, it is the the fourth sport, right, uh, in terms of popularity, hockey is. But when the Rangers catch fire, there's an energy that's, uh, you know, special. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, the Yankees, God bless them, and God bless me for being a Yankee fan. It's not that rare that we're in the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. Um, the Knicks, unfortunately, are hardly ever in the playoffs. Um, and the Giants, I mean, you know, we've we've got our fair share of, of uh, Super Bowls of late. Not that recent, but recent enough. And uh, but the Rangers were 94. So it's been been uh, a little while. And when they catch fire, boy, this whole place, I was Luca and I were in Midtown and there were a lot of a lot of Ranger fans watching those games. The bars were packed. It's got to be great for the local economy. Uh, even if you're not a Ranger fan, but you're a New York fan, root for the Rangers because a lot of money is being spent at these bars and restaurants and, and uh, places where you could watch the game. Uh, God bless Madison Square Garden. And my buddies at American Whiskey right on 30th and uh, 7th and 8th. Uh, I know they were packed last night before the game and then I, also during the game with some fans who couldn't get in. Uh, we just heard from Hank Shankoff who was talking about how a Republican candidate can win statewide, and obviously he was speaking specifically uh, about governor, but what about someone who had the audacity, the gumption to run against Chuck Schumer? 
Yes, Chuck Schumer, my former congressman, he's the congressman in Brooklyn, all of our United States senator, he's a pretty powerful United States senator, but someone who is seriously contemplating that, uh, someone who is the Republican nominee for United States Senator in New York against incumbent Chuck Schumer, is TV personality, dog lover, football player of Colgate, and overall good guy, Joe Pinion. Hello, Joe, it's Arthur Idala. How are you, sir? Good to be with you, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a, my pleasure. Um, you know, Hank Shankoff was just on, and he's been a, a political operative um, since, uh, you know, your door uh, wobbles was just a, a a little twinkle in your eye. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's been around a long time. And he was saying, you know, what Republicans need to uh, win statewide is to have fresh, new, young ideas that appeals to people, you know, with a more of a conservative bent on life. They can't just be rehashing the same issues, the same ideas that have been uh, hashed over and over again by Republican candidates. There has not been a, uh, a statewide Republican since Pataki 20 years ago. So, Joe Pinion, tell us, uh, as a Republican statewide candidate, what's going to make you stand out? What's going to make you a winner in uh, November? Well, look, we've said from the beginning of this campaign that we have set out to build an uncommon coalition to tell people that whether they are left of Bernie Sanders, whether they are right of Donald Trump, the 19 million and shrinking that call New York State home have not received their fair due. Uh, that we lead the nation in outward migration, not by accident, but it is failure by design um, as they try to reimagine the world uh, with a utopian society that only exists on paper, uh, while the rest of us here in the real world pay that price. We see it with the inflation. Uh, we see that with the people in many ways struggling to put food on the table. And so those are our priorities. I have to say it's not left versus right. It's simply right versus wrong. And Chuck Schumer has been too wrong for too long in our name while he accumulates power for himself. Okay. All right. Now, let me ask you something, Joe. Uh, this is something that I scratch my head over. In the United States of America, in 2022, and I know we went through a pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, but I, I have a six-month-old daughter, and I spoke to my wife about this this morning. Only because she's such an outstanding mom are we not in panic over this whole baby formula situation because my wife had decided to nurse our daughter and she has exclusively until two weeks ago when our daughter hit the six month mark and now she's eating all kinds of little veggies and fruits. But how in the United States of America, in New York City, do we run out of baby formula? Well, look, I mean, they have turned the strongest, greatest nation on the world into the Hunger Games. And I take no delight in saying so, but that is just the hard truth. Uh, we have to remember that the baby formula market in particular is not a free market, but a captured market that in many ways has the underpinnings uh, rooted in our government because we wanted to do something quite noble, which is to make sure that babies did not starve by virtue of the fact that their parents might not have all the resources at their disposal. Uh, and so that is what we did kind of in this endeavor uh, to make sure that we had block grants uh, that were paid for by individuals, uh, by the states. We have states that are by law mandated to make sure that they are paying 
for uh, their baby formula by block grants. That is a law that Chuck Schumer voted for, uh, that Joe Biden voted for when he was still a member of the United States Senate. Uh, and it has done a great deal of good to reduce the cost of baby formula. But that is also why when Abbott says they have a shortage, any person who has the institutional knowledge of government should know uh, we have a big problem on our hands and we need to react immediately. Instead, uh, Chuck Schumer uh, did nothing, said nothing. You had Joe Biden who did nothing, said nothing. And now we see ourselves in the mess that we are in today, where babies are showing up at the hospital, uh, where you have people in the White House saying that, oh, well, we're doing everything we can. No, everything that we can would have been recognizing uh, that when Abbott first indicated there was a problem to declare a, a military-grade emergency, when we had the whistleblower report that came out to say, hey, we have a military-grade uh, emergency, we didn't do any of those things. And so, again, we continue to pass the buck. We continue to look for the boogeyman. Well, the boogeyman are the politicians uh, that allow us to continuously sit here uh, not having the things we need in the greatest nation on earth. Well, I don't know who's going to disagree with with what you just said, especially at the end. I, I just scratch my head about how how this could happen and, and who's supposed to be watching over these things. I mean, I know I pay a lot of money in taxes, you know, way over 50% of what I my gross is when you take out all the deductions. That I would think I'm paying for someone to make sure that hypothetically, if my wife wasn't nursing our child, we could just stroll into the grocery store and buy some formula. Um, speaking of children, though, Joe, you know, you want to be a, a United States senator. What is going on and, and what steps can can we take? I don't even know if as a senator, as citizens, with all of this violence against children, violence on, based on people's race, Buffalo, Texas, Tulsa, Brooklyn, New York subway shootings. Like, what is up, Joe Pinion? And and what is your solutions on how to stop maniacs from killing people? Well, look, uh, first and foremost, we have to recognize the fact uh, that we have to stop uh, living in a 19th century world. And we are actually in the 21st century uh, here today. Uh, we have schools uh, that in many ways have been built to a 19th century standard. Uh, my hometown of Yonkers, New York, the average school building is 75 years old. Uh, we are schools overcrowded to the tune of 5,000 students. And so, again, uh, we protect in this country what we value. We value money, and we certainly value power. Uh, there is more security measures at your local municipality bank uh, protecting green pieces of paper that in many ways are worthless. Uh, so that is something that we have to address wholeheartedly. But also, let's be very clear that the oldest blemish on, these, on, on humanity uh, and the oldest blemish on the fabric of this nation is abject hatred and apathy and the types of things that lead to what we saw in Buffalo. Uh, people literally driving past perfectly good supermarkets uh, to go to kill people at one particular supermarket because of the color of their skin, victim shopping that we have now on broad display. We saw it down in El Paso in Texas uh, not too long ago uh, where people drove past perfectly good Walmarts to go kill people at one particular Walmart because the people that shopped there were brown. Uh, so this hatred is not new. And we have to also figure out exactly what are we going to do uh, to make sure that we can cure the violence that we have in our society. I think that starts by recognizing that the types of crimes that are being committed have changed. 
Uh, 40 years ago, there was no such thing as a special victims unit. Uh, today, it is not just a best-selling uh, TV show. Uh, it is also, in many ways, bedrock best practices for policing all around this country because we recognize there was a subset of crimes that needed a special set of skills in order for us to make sure that we were protecting society. Uh, we know in both of these instances, whether we're talking about Buffalo or whether we're talking about Texas, there were things in these individuals' past that should have precluded them from ever having their hands on a weapon of mass destruction in the first place. And yet, none of those things were actually triggered by virtue of the fact that we have holes in the system because individuals are not doing their job. So those are the serious conversations we need to have. What we don't need to have as individuals uh, like Chuck Schumer, who want to bang on a table and pick a fight with Fox News and Tucker Carlson, uh, that's not why we have hatred in America. We need solutions that are actually going to unite uh, the people, and that's not what he is proposing right now in this country. Joe Pinion, I got 30 seconds left. Tell me, tell the listeners something about you that, that you know, we don't know and that we would find a little interesting. Look, I'm from Yonkers, uh, New York, born and raised, went to Horace Mann in Riverdale, went to Colgate University, played football there. But at the end of the day, I'm a New Yorker who recognizes that if you're unhappy with the world as it is today, you cannot vote for the architects who have built it. Chuck Schumer has been in Congress for 42 years, longer than I've drawn breath on this earth. And if you feel like you need change and your life has not seen the outcomes that all New Yorkers and all Americans deserve, you can go to JoePinion.com to help us spread the word uh, that New Yorkers have a chance to have a choice on the ballot come November 8th this year. There you go. Republican nominee for U.S. Senate. The against going against Chuck Schumer, Joe Pinion. Joe, thanks for taking the time and being on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour. Best of luck to you, my friend. Thank you so much. much. I appreciate it. God bless. All right, folks, stand by. We're going to go. We're going to do a little Broadway, a little update on what's going on on Broadway on this rainy Thursday evening. We'll be right back. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-27. New Jersey is currently participating in a governor's challenge, asking state, military, and civilian teams to embark on a process of collaborating, planning, and implementing suicide prevention best practices for service members, veterans, and their families statewide. Effective suicide prevention takes a combination of efforts to achieve far-reaching statewide changes and improvements. Stay tuned for future announcements on three priority areas that the New Jersey team is working on and learn more about what you can do to help prevent suicide among service members, veterans, and their families. If you or someone you know is in emotional distress and or thinking about suicide, please call the confidential National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. This message is sponsored by the New Jersey Department of Human Services, Division of Mental Health and Addiction Services, the New Jersey Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. 
On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. About it is appealing Everything that traffic will allow Nowhere could you get that happy feeling When you are stealing that extra bow There's no people like Just no people puts a smile on your face when you hear that song It's fantastic Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you open and there you are Next day on your dressing room, they've hung the star. Let's, Let's go, go on the show. Well, someone who is no stranger to show business, an award-winning producer and performer. And if I went through all of her awards and all the shows she's produced, it would take up a whole segment. So you could figure it out on your own just by putting in the name Jamie DeRoy, capital D-E, capital R-O-Y. I was delighted to see her and mingle with her uh, this past Thursday. And I know actually a week ago tonight, it's our one-week anniversary at the, the Friars Club event at the Ziegfeld Ballroom honoring Tracy Morgan. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Jamie DeRoy, how are you? I am great. It's great to, to be part of this. I you're you're on 970 AM, right? Yes, ma'am. That's where we are. And I did a show for a while there with Peter Ladon a couple of years ago. I loved it. Well, Jerry Crowley is the best. Um, Jamie, since I am not uh, objective at all, but you are, um, <laughs> well, uh, you're going to be a lot more objective than I am. Uh, what were your thoughts about last Thursday evening's uh, soiree at the oh, uh, Ziegfeld I Ballroom? Thought, I thought it was invigorating and fun and I just loved it. I thought the room looked beautiful, and the entertainment was great. You know, some people I knew, some people I didn't, but I'm always open to, you know, seeing talent. Not that they're new talent. They're just, you know, new to me, maybe. But, um, I mean, even even getting up on the stage, Nicholas King and, and Eric Bergen, just to sing with the band. I mean, that wasn't, they weren't even a focal point of the entertainment, and yet... For me, it was a focal point. <laughs> How great was Ben Vereen? Oh, my God. He, and we got to sit with him. He's such a great guy. I, I love this man. 
What I mean, absolutely fantastic. And it was really, you know, as I keep saying over and over again, it was a comeback story for Tracy Morgan, obviously, a comeback story for New York and a comeback story for the Friars Club. It was a night of comebacks. And as you just said, the energy in the room was, was it just was. electric. And you know, Joey Greenwald brought with him a picture of Ben Vereen when he was young and Joey was young and he was with his father and his uncle Michael Kidd and all this all this time I've known Joey I never knew his uncle was Michael Kidd the choreographer and I mean you know like a famous choreographer and he came to our table and showed it to Ben and Ben was just absolutely he just couldn't get over how great it was to see that now um right now Jamie you tell us what your what shows you're involved in I know but I want you to tell everyone what you're what you're doing well I'm involved with a lot of things I mean uh Beetlejuice and uh, Mockingbird is coming back but uh a few of them are even nominated for Tony Awards Hangman and the Lehman Trilogy which sadly had to close in January but those two are up for best play and company is up for best musical revival and Mr. Saturday Night is up for best musical and Billy Crystal our star is up for best actor in a musical and he got the Icon Award a few years ago Yeah he was I the mean, last he was the last one to get it Oh my god we just we love Billy Crystal he's just, and you know they this musical is so much fun and a lot of it takes place at the Friars Club I'm aware. I, you know, I, I'm very good friends with Warren Handelman. He's on our board, and I know he's involved with Mr. Saturday Night. And I, um, I have to go and see it. You know, I, I have not seen a Broadway show in two and a half years, and I'm a regular Broadway show goer. Oh, I would just, time. just to know, I, I, I haven't gone to the movies. I haven't, you know, it's just. I and also, you know, have a, I also have a six-month-old Jamie, so I'm doing kind of different things. You know, I'm about oh, to right. start watching Barney and things like that. <laughs> but, you know. But hopefully you can take a night off. I'll be very happy to help you get tickets. But, you know, they 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 make everybody, at least through the end of June and maybe even longer, wear a mask in the theater, which I think is a good thing. Uh, because, you know, people in the shows occasionally still do get COVID. And it's devastating to a production when they have to lose performances. I'm involved with Macbeth and poor Daniel Craig got COVID like right early in previews and we lost 11 days. Wow. Um, but we're, we're I mean, that's financially, <laughs> financially, that's got to be absolutely devastating because oh, you guys have you guys have things budgeted. And, and so give us a state of Jamie DeRoy, who is a award winning producer and performer. Uh, she's very involved with the world of Broadway. Jamie, give me a little insight as to the state of affairs on Broadway. You know, I mean, things were, were going great. I mean, during the Bloomberg administration, he was such a Broadway fan and, you know, doing everything he could to make sure the theaters thrive. At least that's what it, my opinion is as an outsider looking in. You know, how are we, uh, you know, and when they close Broadway for COVID, it's like, wow. Actually, there was no COVID then. It was for the coronavirus. Right. Um, uh, right. You know, where are we now in, in June going into the summer, going into the tourist season of 2022? Right, which is more than two years. It was March 12th that the Broadway shows all closed down. And the next night, all the off-Broadway clo- shows closed down. And then by Monday night, all the restaurants closed down. But we are coming back. And, you know, Charles Schumer was great to, to the cabarets and to the theaters with these, this closed venue. 
grants and uh, he's been to a couple of the Broadway openings. Eric Adams was at the opening of Paradise Square and spoke. I was so happy to see him there. I was only sorry I missed meeting him at the Friars event because he wasn't that that many tables away. <laughs> oh, well, I, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like you said about Lehman, right? The Lehman trilogy. Now, yeah. here's a show that's nominated for the, the best play, and yet it had to close. Give, you know, let's, well, let's lift was, up the in, curtain. In, in fairness, it was a limited run. So we were planning on closing on January 2nd anyway. Um, and that play, even with a limited run, and it was a big, expensive play, it still made a profit. It was so terrific. It's won so many awards, and it's on its way to winning many more. And it's nominated for a ton of Tonys. All three, we only have three actors in the show. They're all three nominated for a Tony. And I only wish that they had just decided to give all three of them a a special Tony, which would have taken care of all of them and opened up three slots for three other deserving uh, actors. But um, I saw also Mrs. Doubtfire closed. Mrs. Doubtfire just closed. It had closed. It reopened. Then, then you know, they had an opening night party, and that was like a super spreader, you know, after the pandemic. So they had to close again, and then they reopened. Um, all these closings and reopenings are always harder. Um, and that's why, you know, they were so adamant at the beginning about people being vaccinated and uh, and wearing their masks throughout the performance. I, I I think it's very little to ask of anybody to keep people safe. And, you know, I've had two two shots and two boosters, and, and I still managed to get COVID. I mean, you know, it's very contagious. Now, luckily, I, you know, got it at the time where it wasn't, you know, a death sentence. But in the beginning, it certainly was. Well... Jamie DeRoy, thank you so much for finding the time to jump on AM 970, The Answer, on the Arthur Idola Power Hour. And I hope you'll let me buy you lunch or dinner or a drink or whatever you'd like, or we can do a little dance you at the Friars it. Club. I, I hope you guys can come on July 11th to Birdland. I'm doing a benefit. Robert Klein, one of our Friars, is among my guests. Um, we're doing it for the Actors Fund, which is now called the Entertainment Community Fund. And... They were so helpful during the pandemic. So we anything that we can do for them, we will always do. So please come on before July 11th, and let's promote your July 11th event. How about that? You got it. I love All it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, only here on AM 970 do you find the award-winning producer and performer, Jamie DeRoy. It is, we're going to put the, we're going to, what is it, slam the lid on things? for a, a Thursday night here in New York City. You heard it all today, folks. You heard politics. You heard Broadway. You heard a lot about the law in the beginning. Uh, we heard a little bit about the Rangers. Uh, I am on my way to El Carib in Brooklyn, New York, to the Brooklyn Bar Association's 150th uh, anniversary party. Apparently, there's some little video thing, and I'm in it as a proud past president. Uh, stay dry, and we're going to be live and local Friday night tomorrow. So join us. We're going to have a party. Have a good one, folks. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.